have agreed With which we have agreed And you think you have to want more than you need Until you have it all, you won't be free Society, you're a crazy breed I hope you're not lonely without me When you want more than you have, you think you need And when you think more than you want, your thoughts begin to bleed I need to find a bigger place Cause when you have more than you think You need more space Society, you're a crazy breed I hope you're not lonely without me Society, crazy and you're not lonely without me is more But if less is more How you keep in score It means for every point You make your level drops Kind of like you're starting from the top And you can't do that Society You're a crazy breed I hope you're not lonely without me Society, crazy and deep I hope you're not lonely without me Society, have mercy on me I hope you're not angry if I disagree Society, crazy and deep. I hope you're not lonely without me. I've been so, um, doing some Instagram purging. Yeah, and and unfollowing a bunch of people that um, don't follow me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then 
kind of just going out and and randomly following new people. I feel like I need a new vibe, a new cohort. Yeah, not even a new cohort. I just I'm just I'm just new pictures. Yeah, yeah. Some new inspiration. So what uh, what direction are you heading? I don't know. What I've been doing is I've been like just finding like go seeing a picture uh-huh. and then clicking on the the likes. Yeah. And then just picking the first person and following that person and going to their first picture. Uh-huh. And going into their likes and right. going to that for the first person on that list and following that person and go, and I'm just going to see where I, what who I randomly follow and what kind of little insights nice. into different universes I get. Nice. Like but I've you can go a lot from it. Yeah, just from looking at pictures. <clears throat> yeah, and like in terms of like what what people are into or what. Yeah, like I I actually I for a while there I felt like I really had a good connection with like just the general vibe of what was going uh-huh. on on the planet. Uh-huh. Yeah, just because. I was just always scrolling, uh-huh. and then I kind of got burned out a little bit, and yeah. it's been a while. It's been maybe a year since I like really hardcore stared at Instagram. Uh-huh. And then today, this morning, I woke up and I thought, you know, maybe see what's going on in the world again. Nice. Had a little you winter hibernation. Has it been good? Yeah, but like I feel like if I don't get up and start doing something, I'm gonna just stay in it. <laughs> uh like like physically get up and go do yeah, something no time? no just like like just been the past two weeks it's been nice to not have to like have worry about getting kids to school and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and so like i haven't been on a early morning schedule because even mm-hmm. on my day my days off are in the week so even on my days off i have to get up early and take kids to school mm-hmm. right and so I haven't had to be having haven't had to get up early, and I've been sleeping in longer than I've ever slept in in twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and yeah. I'm just wasting my days in bed. Like I'm still binge watching Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> nice. On my days off, I just lay in bed, and then one after another. And it's like today, it's like no man, you gotta like do something. So that was how I that was my start. Was I started changing up. What I look yeah, at. Yeah, switching the routine and what you get into. Yeah. See if I can come across something new. Yeah. You know, I um, I started that that brother Doug one, and it's still like barely. Um, I, I I've hardly posted anything, and I hardly follow anybody. And but what's interesting is some of the the people or some of the things I follow have been music related, which in my my normal one I don't really. It's just been like people I know. And, um, and it's weird because it start it shows you kind of what you follow to a certain degree. And, and it's been weird to get all these like guitars and drummers and musicians. And it's actually been kind of nice because it's, it's just opening maybe some things I don't normally listen to. It's been throwing some of that my way. And it's, it's kind of been kind of cool just to see what, um, just what's out there that I don't normally listen to but i don't know music's really been i don't know why that's necessarily been the the road i went down on on that one but yeah anyway well it's well and even if you do follow it on your other real one it's like you have all these other people too so they kind of get lost right anyway Mm -hmm. so yeah that's exciting yeah it's a cool thing technology 
It sure is. So it sure is. I'm sure you've got something more important you want to talk about. Yeah. Um, you always so, do. Of course. These uh, our conversation from last week was a bit about change and. Um, so it's similar along that thread, but a little more geared towards generation and, and, and or the differences in generations and stuff. And I had, there's been a couple experiences that I've had just in my daily experience that have highlighted some of those differences in generations and why some things are harder for some than others. Uh, for example, my son, who's 13, has um, recently expressed to me a couple different times how um, younger kids bother him, right? And and he's he's really pretty young, but he he'll say it in his own way. But the gist is that he feels like they're a little overconfident. They feel like they know things. They don't really know things. Um, they're just these young kids. Is is the kind of idea there? And why that is interesting to me is because I think that is true of every older generation looking at the younger generation. That's, I think that's a, a very relatable experience. And, um, you know, I've felt that way. I've been on both ends of that spectrum where, um, I have felt belittled by maybe an older generation of kind of wait till you're here. And this is what it's like when you're at our age. And then I've also um, felt that way where I've looked at, um, maybe younger people and felt like, Oh man, like how silly that is. And the things that they're into, uh, do you find yourself feeling that ever? Yeah. When you look at <laughs> different generations, I was just bitching about millennials today. Were you this morning? Cause I work with them? all these 20 year old, 20 something kids. And yeah. it's just, they just, I don't know. They're they're the, what they feel they're entitled to without work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This, the topic I've been looking at is so prime for this. Then this is great because I, I have some things I want to do. But um, at the same time, I don't trust anyone over sixty. I'm like still. Right. I'm like of that of that Gen X where it was like when I when I was in when I was younger, they're like never trust anyone over thirty. And now that I'm at where I'm at, it's like I don't trust anyone over like it's still right. It's, it's basically the baby boomer generation. I don't really yeah. like. I feel Has, like they got theirs and were mm -hmm. like. We got ours, <laughs> and le left everybody behind, kind of thing. Yeah. While still, while still, kind of like looking down their noses when you can't meet, like the, the when you can't collect the amount of things they've collected. Right, right. That older generation. So, so I, I, it goes both ways, and I and I realize it's it's there there are exceptions. Uh huh. Because every time I bitch about baby boomers, there's always a baby boomer who says, "Well, that's not how I am," and I'm like, "Okay." Right. We're talking collectively. Right. And I think there is, I actually think there's a lot to um, generational groups or cohorts or whatever that is is pretty valid to do that. And I, and I think when we look at um, changes and why sometimes I think a lot of those challenges for change is generational, I think there's two factors going on there. Um, one, I think, First of all, I think every human looks to like every culture has their rites of passage, right? There are these like key key events that everybody looks forward to. So, for example, in our own culture, a lot of and maybe this has changed, but at least in, in my time, getting a driver's license was a huge rite of passage. And that was something that um, 
people and, and I've been actually surprised because I work in a high school and I've been actually surprised by how many students will um, choose a different elective class over driver's ed and just wait to get their driver's license. To me, that's that's unusual. But that's that's the side point. Um, I've, I've, I've but, noticed that as well. It, it, do I you thought see maybe that? it was a California thing where none of these California kids want to drive, but so maybe, did, maybe did it's your, not. Did your kids uh, get their license at a at, at the normal age? Um, yeah. Well, no. I mean, I have one who's almost seventeen now who doesn't have a license. Yeah. And but my son's like pushing for it. He's fifteen and a half, fifteen, and he's working. Yeah, on he's like ready to go. Like, he's ready yeah. to get the hell out, but. Right. The, the the girls all kind of waited a little longer. Yeah. And so and so I don't know, maybe maybe that's not as big of a rite of passage as it, as it once was, I don't know. But there, no, I mean there's was, these that key was events. freedom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was to me it was huge, but maybe today it's not as much. But there's always things like, you know, whether it's graduation, you know, having a child, getting married or whatever it is. There's these big rites of passage that we have culturally. And when you achieve that, you feel like this sense of celebration and um, so, and on one hand, you, I think, I think when people get to a certain point, they almost have this air of, look, look, I've arrived kind of thing. And for those who are older, I think that is irritating. Um, I find it with myself. I find myself on both sides of the spectrum. I, I spend a good deal of my time just by the nature of my job with people older than me and people younger than me. And I have found it like, for example, with parenting, I've been on both sides of that where I have, I felt um, maybe dismissed a little bit because I don't have adult children. And so when they talk about the problems of raising adult children, my input is not um, seen as valid as others. And, and there's some merit to that because I do not have adult children. Um, and then I also look at those who are younger than me who have small kids um, and, you know, toddlers. And I don't value their opinion as much because they're in a whole different world than I'm in. And, and so I think there are, there's just that of of we're at different stages on those rites of passage where I think it's just hard to see eye to eye because you're, you're just living different life experiences at that same moment. So I think that's a factor of why sometimes it's hard to relate to the other generations just because you're not doing the same things. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I want to dig in a little bit to the actual big generational um yeah, like Gen X, millennial, and then like the post-millennial stuff. Because I was looking at this this week just um, in some some time, just checking out the characteristics of the different generations, and I thought it would be interesting to do a little exercise on here that we don't normally do. But um, so if you – a lot of marketing um, websites have uh, like the characteristics of, of the – different generations because if they're trying to sell to the generation, then you want to like be able to speak to that generation. So you got to look at like what, what is the demographic you're trying to sell to? And so you'll, you'll actually find on those, some of those websites, some of the, the key pieces of information um, about that, about that um, generation. So I want to look at some of those and I want to see, and the listener can play along with us, right. Of, of, do you relate to this generation, which one do you relate to most? Is this is this valid? Because I do think some of those differences in like those key generations do speak a lot to why maybe it's hard to understand a younger generation. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Um, and I, I obviously like like you're saying, there's always people on the margins. Like for me, for example, I'm I'm 37 years old, and so I'm right at the cusp of like late, just a few years older than me is is late Gen X, and I'm right at the very beginning of millennial, and so. To me, honestly, as I look through this, there's a lot within Gen X that I'd say I relate to more than millennial than there's some in the millennial that I relate to. Um, and um, I would say it's one that's kind of skipped a lot is just that Gen Y, where that's kind of where you sit in, where you're mm-hmm. in between Gen X and the millennials. It's almost like a forgotten generation because it's like yeah even i was bitching about it and, and holly's all the same age as you and she's like mm-hmm. she's like what are you talking about i'm a millennial and i'm like no i'm talking about right. these kids now and by right. kids i mean in their 20s and and um like there's there's that there's that gen y it's almost kind of like like you say it's kind of it's right in between mm-hmm. well what's funny about that is in fact not too long ago i was with some some people who are um, a little bit older than me, meet you with within five to 10 years older than me. And we were talking about generations and somebody had made the comment of like, like was trying to identify which generation they were in. And, and I, we had the discussion where I'm at. And, uh, one of the guys I was like, well, you don't, you don't seem like a millennial. And there was a part of me that was like, I, I, he was like, I could, he was saying it as a compliment, right. Of like, Hey, cause he was saying it as a compliment because he was using millennial as a pejorative, right. As, he's frustrated with these these millennials um and he was saying hey i don't classify you in that group and um and it's funny going through this list of if i in many ways i i don't identify i up until maybe even yesterday after looking at this i don't know if i'd identify myself as millennial and then i go through the list and there's part of me where i think no that, that's probably actually an accurate it's just on the cusp. I'm in the transition zone. And I do think, I do think a lot of things play in a factor into where you would identify yourself. One is your birth year. Like, are you, are you in one of those transition phases? But I also think you're in some ways your, um, order in your family. So for example, I'm on the younger end. And so you and I, there's not a huge age difference between us, but like same time, you, you were like starting your life. I was in junior high school and you were out in adulthood just kind of doing your thing. Right. And so even though we'd spent a lot of time together and we, um, um, like I, I probably spent like in junior high school, I probably spent every weekend with you, you know, just while you're doing your thing and, and running your errands or doing whatever. Um, but our daily experiences were still different. We we're just at different stages of life. Right. And so, I would say that um, birth order has an effect because I saw my interactions with my family were were with people who were in the Gen X, you know, so I saw that. And I'd also say, like, I grew up in a religiously conservative community, and I think religiously conservative communities tend to favor um, the opinions and advice and, and characteristics of an older generation. And so like that had influence on me. For example, I'm, I'm 37 years old, but I, um, I, I've been married for 15 years. You know, I, I was married, had a child, um, started my career, was a homeowner before age 25. And that is more characteristics of, of that was normal among, um, like this religiously conservative community. And so that had influence. So I think there are other factors that come into play is what I'm trying to say. Right. 
Right. Um, okay, so I have this this list, and I, what I, I'm, I'm going to tally things, Chad. I'm going to tally Gen X and uh, your response versus my response, and if you, if this if you identify with this characteristic, now there's a long list. I'm not going to read all of them just because there's a million. If you identify with this, say yes, you identify or no, you don't. Okay. So one of the characteristics of a Gen, a Gen X is would be the latchkey kid. So it says latchkey kids grew up in street smart but isolated, often with divorced or career driven parents. They came from um, uh, latchkey came from house key kids who wore it around their neck, or they basically their parents weren't home, so they had to have a key to the house. Clearly, I would say you probably identify with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So do I. Um, and then another one says entrepreneur, entrepreneurial. I don't think I identify with that one. And I would, I don't know how you feel, but I would almost say you are. And open lines radio is probably a similar idea to that. No, probably the last, um, no, yeah, I would definitely say entrepreneurial. I the last, especially the last 10 years. Okay. See, and for me, I'm, I, I wouldn't consider myself in that. Everything I'm, every, every, basically every second of the day is figuring out how I can not work for someone else. <laughs> okay, that's, okay, this is, this is, uh, you are definitely Gen X, man. <laughs> uh, considered very individualistic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give myself a half tally for that one. I, um, yeah, half tally for myself. <laughs> Government and big business mean little to them. Right. Yep. Okay. I mean, they mean it means a lot. Only that it's they're the antagonist. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I, it's not on this particular list I have, but one of the things I read it was. Um, in fact, I'll jump down. It might be on there. Is cautious, skeptical, and unimpressed with authority, and sometimes defies authority. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, I'm on a, I'm on a half. I'm semi-skeptical of big government and all that stuff, right? I'm this um, 45-year-old man that's still like, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next one. Want to save the neighborhood, not necessarily the world. Yeah, definitely. Like, starting as a, the uh, hyper-local. Yeah. If everybody, and, if everybody just cleaned up the hyper-local, the world would heal itself okay and i i would consider myself i'm not as i would consider myself more focused on that than global things as well okay so i'm kind of there um feel misunderstood by other generations i think you expressed that just yeah, before we started i do but the older i get the less i care yeah okay so here's another one um this is this is prime man race is exactly what you're saying it says cynical of major institutions which failed their parents <laughs> during their formative years um and uh therefore eager to to make marriage work and be there for their children would you identify with that one yeah i i i remember um this was probably 20 years ago mm-hmm. i was going to make an attempt to um go back to church yeah and I went once. I just bought a house and moved into a new neighborhood. And the the church member in Utah, the church members all swarm you. Uh-huh. And so I, I'm all right. Let's give it a go. Let's become part of this community. 
And I just remember sitting there thinking, there's no way I can do this. I'm too cynical. Right. Like, this is the conversation I'm having in my head. I, my head's like saying, I will never let you sit here peacefully. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Every actually, single I, thing that gets said, you're going to have a sarcastic comment about in your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate to that as well. Definitely relate to that as well. Okay, so next one. Don't feel like a generation, but they are. Would you identify with that? Don't feel like a generation? Well, I'm kind yeah, of... Like at a weird place too. Yeah, I mean, no, I think Gen Xers definitely identify as Gen X. Like that's kind of yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so next one. Raised in the transition phase and of uh, written-based knowledge of digital, um, excuse me, of written-based knowledge to digital uh, knowledge. Remember being in school without a computer. Yeah, and it was introduced in middle school. I had a kid born without a with a pager. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I, I actually identify with this one as well. This is where I'd say, like, I'm in that transition of uh, a distinct memory is when you, um, you were probably maybe right out of, right out of high school in college or maybe in high school and you got the electronic typewriter that was no, just was the most That's fancy thing. I, was. I asked for a <laughs> typewriter for Christmas. And oh, it had but it that was one nice little one. square where you could see about a word <laughs> at a time before it typed that line so you didn't have to, like, go back and erase it with whiteout. Yeah. And that was like serious technology at the time, I remember. Yeah. It was a brother. And, and you were probably the first in the family to get a computer. Um, yeah, I was I ran then, out of high school. I got a computer. Yeah, and then mom got it later. And I, I distinctly remember when the internet was introduced. I remember going with you to the university, and um, you had to do something at the library. And that was like the only place you could get access to the internet um, was there or school. And... But I didn't know what to search for because it's just like, oh, I have the Internet. Well, OK, well, I'm here. What am I going to search for? And so I just searched like guitar tabs so I could learn um, uh, guitar songs, you know. And it to me, that's so weird now to like not know what to search because. I, I mean, I'm searching every day like, all the time. Yeah, I, and, I had a, I, my first computer was DOS. So you had to know uh -huh. all the commands. Right. The code, basically. And it's actually really helped me. Like, with when I do, I can do, like, I mean, I, I have a basic understanding of HTML, which is all you really need right now, need these days. So I'm able to kind of customize things on my own websites that other people maybe have to, like, use a template or depend on other people to do. Mm-hmm. Not because yeah. I had, a, like, I put any training into it, because that's just what the old computers were. Right. Yeah, it was before before the windows and the desktop and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. And I remember Grandpa was, that's how his computer was. He had to know the code. Um, okay. So I, I would identify with that one as well. Um, let's see. I had, a Some of these... fight, I had a big fight with our Grandpa over his computer. Uh, I vaguely remember this. Because I was stuff. the guy who always got called to fix the computer. Uh-huh. And... Um, he wanted to connect to the internet, but he didn't want to tie up his phone line. <laughs> he couldn't understand <laughs> how it worked. Uh, and so, yeah, those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing All worse right. than an older generation calling you on the phone and asking you a computer question. Oh, man. It doesn't happen I, anymore, I, but that's what it used to be. Yeah, I, I know. And for a little, very small stretch, I was that person. I've, <laughs> I've since... Pass that off to our brother-in-law, which I'm incredibly <laughs> grateful for. Um, 
All right. So some some of these that they have on this list are just like key events, like of what was defining that generation. So like the AIDS thing was a um, a hot topic during the time, and that's yeah. I was a that's little, just I'm how the, it was. I'm at kind of the the tail end of Gen X, so like that was I was still kind of young when like AIDS was a big thing. Yeah. So you would identify that though, that kind of being. A, yeah. I mean. To me, to me, that was already had that was had already been a topic. I mean, I was more, I mean? it was more like like elementary school, junior junior high age when like that yeah. kind of stuff was happening. So it wasn't really like like it didn't probably didn't have as big of an impact as it did on older people in my generation. But or maybe we're just so far removed from like the AIDS scare that it's just kind of gone from my memory. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear about it much? Right. Yeah, and I would I would venture to guess like current the younger current generations it's it's not nearly the the topic that it was for your generation you know what i mean um okay so here this is i'm curious about this one and i i don't know that i like the way this one this the wording of this particular statement is is written feels like there's some inherent bias in it but just here's the statement so um, beginning this so the generation is the beginning obsession of individual rights prevailing over the common good, especially if applicable to any type of minority group. Say so, that so begin so this generation had the beginning of, a, of an obsession of individual rights prevailing over the common good, especially if it was applicable to uh, any type of minority group. Like I was saying, I think that statement has inherent bias. Of, I don't know. Of, I don't know about that one. So. But would you say I, I would? Like, I would say it's the opposite. In what way? Like I, I feel like, um, like I feel like the like Generation X was kind of like the generation of like Greenpeace and Amnesty International and yeah, and like that was when Mandala was still in prison and uh-huh. and, and and a kind of a fight for human rights. Um, yeah, it was with with I don't know. Like I always I always felt, um. And but maybe that was just me because like I go back to some old Facebook fights <laughs> with uh-huh. with people of my generation that I thought we were all on that same page who like years later are, are talking about personal rights over everything else. And it's like wait a minute, man! You used to have an Amnesty International sticker on your car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh huh. <clears throat> I see what you're saying, and and I think individual rights is much more of a topic now currently than it has been in past. Um, you think, so you I guess think like is, with, with millennials, they're worried about individual rights. I think that's. Oh, I, I think so. I, I, I think, um, I, 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 for example, even like back to the idea of like uh, the transgender bathroom is a, I think, an example of that of okay. the the right okay. of the individual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So yeah. So, so maybe I, so maybe I'm just thinking of it wrong. Maybe it is more. It, it it is actually if you put it that way, it, uh-huh. that is what what I'm saying. <laughs> like I yeah. guess it is saying that's yeah, Amnesty International is like fighting for the 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 right of the, the right of the individuals to not yeah. live in those conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm put, I'm putting you down on that one, and I'd say that that probably I, I identified that one as well. Um. Okay. Let's see. So again, some of these are just statements about about the um. The, what was going on so later to marry so i i think that's that's happening now i mean it is a fact that the age of marriage is later now than it was even previously let's see uh, we're almost done with this one let's look at okay 
suspicious of all organization. Yes. And I think we established that. Okay. See, so if we look at this, your score compared to me, you identified with roughly 12 of those indicators. I identified with roughly six to seven of them. Some of them were half, right? And so, and so there's like that, that example of, I, I identify with a good portion of, of, um, the, um, Gen X. Okay. I want to do the same for the millennial right. one. There's not, there's not as, there's not as many of them. Okay. So of course I you mean, can never we're... hold their attention span that long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay. So, um, so some of this, one of the interesting things that it talks about is one of the key things that would define this generation is, and I would identify this for sure is September 11th was a big one. Um, and I and I, I don't know that that's fair to um, I'm, I'm probably in a similar s- state where you are in the sense of I definitely remember life before 9-11 and life after 9-11. Um, and and there was a lot of changes that occurred. Um, but I'd say a lot of millennials, they grew up with there was always talk of war. There was um always heightened security because of September 11th. So I don't know that I f- would identify with that characteristic of millennials because I remember a distinct life before and a distinct life after, a distinct life after, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so what is that one saying? That one saying that they just only, they, they identify with a post nine 11. Yeah. World? But the good bulk of a good bulk of the, this isn't saying necessarily all of them. Cause if you were born in the eighties, you remember at least, um, probably even being in junior high school or elementary when 9-11 happened. See, you and I were both adults when 9-11 happened, and that was just, it was it was different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, 9-11, but, for me, changed everything. Right. Like, that's the, that's that was, 9-11 was a huge um, event in my, my life, personally. Um, in what way? Well, just, that was kind of like when everything changed that's when the economy changed mm-hmm. and before 9-11 we were still in the heyday of the 80s greed you know like here mm-hmm. here's the 9-11 put a huge uh wedge between me and baby boomers yeah because i was just starting out i was what 23 maybe yeah yeah you would have been older than that you would have, you would have been in when nine eleven happened. You would have yeah. been in your late late twenties. Late twenties. I was in my late twenties. I was. It was. Mm-hmm. It was right before I got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so I was probably thirty. I was. Or, uh-huh. uh, I was in twenty eight. I was twenty eight. Yeah. And so I had established. I had a nice house. I was was I was young and I was like mm-hmm. going to college and working full time and I had money. And I had nice cars, and all of and you know I was I, I I'm getting this English degree because everybody's saying companies are hiring people they need people who will write yeah. and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden nine eleven happens and the economy kind of tanks and and then that's you know you go through the the two thousands you know into like two thousand eight where the housing market crashes and mm-hmm. it's like. I had I had a taste, I had a few years of a taste of the good life yeah. before 9/11 happened. And 9/11 didn't really affect baby boomers because they had already established 
they're, they're on their way their out. Spot. Kind of thing. They were, they were mm-hmm. already like, they had, they held the good jobs at that point, you mm-hmm. know, they, they were in their prime yeah. and, um, that they're kind of just feeling it now. Yeah. And, and now I've kind of feel this, 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 it's almost like I'm not, it's kind of switched between the baby boomers and Gen X where Gen X is kind of like, see, I've been telling you for all these years and you're telling me that I'm just kind of a slacker and not right. doing it right. But look, they're coming for your money too. Yeah. And now you're starting yeah. to lose things and you're starting to see how hard it is. And you want to bitch to me? <laughs> I think you've been here before, you know? Uh-huh. Anyway, sorry. Carry on with your... <laughs> so I, I would say for for you and I would include myself in that where 9-11 was was a, a big deal but I distinctly remember a life before 9-11 whereas for a lot I think for a lot of millennials a post 9 their formative years were in post 9-11 you know what I mean right. um, and so and so I wouldn't identify with that one and and another factor that would be similar to this is school shootings I was um and this is maybe where you and I, I would give myself a half point and you probably wouldn't give yourself a point at all. Um, I was a senior in high school when Columbine happened. And um, I remember that being a huge deal, like just a huge um, a, a factor. And it was a similar demographic to the, to the school I went in. It was only a state away and it was very pressing on my mind. Um, but so I, I only caught the tail end of that where um, the thought of getting shot at school was um was an, was even a thought um I, prior to that it really wasn't a, a factor that i even had to think about obviously kids today and pretty much all millennials most millennials that is a factor now we train for it it's something we do regularly um and that is even increasing you know as as more time goes on and so that's do another you have factor an armed cop at the school you are at we yeah we have a we have a police officer at our school and um, I think everybody does now. Yeah, most schools do. Some schools, it kind of depends on what level, you know, whether you're uh, elementary or, right. or uh, middle school or whatever. High schools. Um, <clears throat> pretty much, I, I would assume that most high schools have, have one. Um, and we train, like, we train um, pretty regularly for um, for those drills. And those those have different effects. There's actually, you know, there's a This American Life episode that occurred a couple of weeks ago, maybe a might've been a couple months now that was about, um, uh, training, you know, the, the impact of, of, of training for shootings on students. And it's pretty interesting. People should check out, but, um, anyway, back to this gen topic though, I think, um, millennials would definitely relate to the thought of being shot at school, whereas previous generations maybe wouldn't. Right. Okay. So I gave myself a half point on that I one. I gave myself no point. Right. Okay, so another one. They are nurtured by omnipresent um, parents who are optimistic and focused. Where, <laughs> where would you bring yourself on that one? Um, personally, I would say no, but um, I would say yeah, that's definitely a for a, that's probably the typical millennial experience. Yeah, and I and I would actually see. It's funny, as you know, we came from the same family. I would um, put myself. I would probably. Focused might be the the word I wouldn't put on there, but um, for me personally, I would say mom was always very nurturing to me. And um, but that just might and and I I would say just 
there's a reputation I have among my siblings of being the special boy and all that <laughs> stuff. So, Thank so God I don't you know. Were there, Doug. <laughs> no, I don't pressure know. Pressure off the rest of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I don't know if that is just my generation or just uh, where I fell in in the line of things, but. Um, Okay, next one is. I would feel that's not uh, my experience at all. <laughs> that's, uh, I and I would feel point. that that's not my my kids' experience at all. Oh, really? But um, yeah, my kids are very independent people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I but I do understand what that means. They're mm-hmm. see the Gen Gen X were the latchkey kids, so like right. we go overboard the other way. Right. The o- over over mother, you know. Yeah. See see. We were we were the generation where the mothers went to work, so they were there for the first part of our lives, mm-hmm. and we had these nurturing mothers who were at home, and then they went to work. Yeah, and it kind of felt like abandonment, even though they were just doing what they had to do, you know. Right, right. And so now, um, as a parent, you're like, my kid's gonna have both parents, and they're all we're, I'm gonna, you know, never gonna be. I don't know, my kid. Yeah, no, I. I, I would say my parenting style is greatly influenced by, in particular, as a father, it's greatly influenced by the fact that our father was never around, right? I mean, that that definitely has an influence on how I parent as a father. Um, there's just no way around it um, for me. It's just that's you could I, ask you could ask my wife; she will tell you that I'm also I'm an over motherer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm both. So maybe you... I'm both. I play the father role and I steal the mother role from her. I'm just, yeah, I just make sure. Yeah. I like. I take it all. I I want to yeah. make sure they are all. They all have what they need. You know. And, and uh-huh. however, like I'm. We don't like follow them on social media. Uh-huh. I don't like. There are people where I see like some kids comment and their parents comment on every single one of their posts. Like we don't like. They are definitely given their privacy and independence. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I don't know. You know, you can think of that as as a generational thing too, where maybe like even to pull myself out of just the the individual part of it and to put myself in the stereotype, like they didn't have the upbringing that we had. Like we were able to go out and be free. Yeah. Like we yeah. left the house on Christmas. On we got out of school for <clears throat> for the summer, and we didn't come back home for three months. You know, <laughs> like yeah. we just wander in the neighborhood, and like now it's like kids cannot go outside unless your parents watching you like they like my kid i don't even know if my son can ride a bike you know because it's like we've Uh never allowed him to like leave you know what i mean it's like like i think of the shit that i used to do on my bike when i was in elementary school well and i think a lot of that is indicative of, of where you may live in the country like for example i live in the same place i grew up in so i think my kid has my kids have a similar element of that, but not, but then as you mention it, but not to the same degree, because for example, like the summer thing, I remember my summers in junior high school. I mean, it was literally, I would spend weeks, weeks at Nate's house, um, sleeping there. I wouldn't be home for weeks and I would never do that with my kids. <laughs> I just would never. And so my kid, and so I left, think, for, my kid left for the weekend and I texted him every day to make sure he was okay. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah. okay, so guilty. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're raising a millennial, man. Or I guess there's, there's another one after this. There's, there's post-millennial, which we'll get to. Okay, so this is one I, I, I think I know the answer to this is millennials tend to have a little more respect from authority than Gen X. And I would actually um, – that I would identify with that. I would assume you wouldn't. Right. No, my, and Mike, but I do, but I do see it with like kids who like, especially like at school. Sorry, Doug. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like the how they are so worried about like the rules, you know? And it's like, yeah. Uh-huh. To, to me, it's like it's like, oh, you, it doesn't apply to you. You're a good student. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or... Uh huh. I know exactly what you're saying, and I felt that, and so I I identify with that one for sure. Um. So let's see. Um, like I, this used one to, is... I used to skip school so much that I didn't graduate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My kids would die. Like they, they never skip school. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just they're scared to. <laughs> right. And... I'll even tell them, "Hey, why don't you want to stay home tomorrow?" No. I have a quiz. Um... <laughs> Well, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty um, impressive because I was right there with you. Um, I skipped a lot of school myself. I think I told that on another story and, and I'm out of high school and there are definitely kids who skip school, but it's not, I'd say when I was in school, it was the norm. Like you'd skip school. That was, that's just what um, a lot of kids did. Um, and, and that's back to changing. your earlier thing, you had a driver's license and you got in your exactly, car you skipped school. You can get around. And I don't think it's as much – there's definitely a group of students who – they no, you don't skip school. You just don't. And so I think that's the, the true of this um, – the later generations. Of course, I, I'm with – I don't know that there are really millennials around anymore in high school. It's, it's this right. post-millennial stuff. But, okay, so uh, they schedule everything. I would identify that. No doubt about it. I gotta, I gotta have. It's got to be scheduled in oh, for man. me. I don't think you and I could ever go on vacation together. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. I'm the complete opposite. We schedule nothing. Just get me a hotel in a city, and we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So we we definitely fall on the opposite. My end trip of that to one. Paris, you would have died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I need at least a little bit of an itinerary, you know. Um, okay, next one. They feel an enormous academic pressure, and I can't say that I actually felt that. Um, I just didn't. Um, my 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 older girls who are both in college, definitely it was huge in high school, pounding down on them to get into college uh-huh. and be prepared for college. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, unlike and... it was for me, like I never had any. I never felt any of that pressure. Like, and, it, and that was, and then here comes me resisting authority, and it's like. What the heck are they doing? Like, why are they pressuring <laughs> you so much? Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's the norm. Call you know, career and college readiness is a is a big a big topic now. Um, okay, so this next one, they feel like a generation have great expectations for themselves. Uh, I, I personally wouldn't say that I felt like a generation because I feel like I'm kind of in that in between. Like I, I identify more, some in some ways more with Gen X than I do Millennial. In some ways opposite, but I definitely was told um, I was special all the time. Um, I do distinctly remember that. And so I would identify with that like great expectation of, of, you know, you matter, you're special. And some of that was just religiously, some of that was just religious, right? Um, but, 
but what do you think? Would you, were no. you, did, so what didn't have like that specialness, you got your, there's great expectations ahead kind of thing. Was, no, there was like the no dominant. expectations. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, okay. So prefer digital literacy as they grew up in a digital environment, have never known a world without computers. And we kind of talked about that. Um, I, I do distinctly remember world before computers. So I can't say that I identified this one. Um, get all their information and most of the socialization from the internet. Um, while that may be true in more recent years, I, I that wasn't true growing up. Um, so I'd assume we both don't identify that one. Prefer to work in teams? Hell no. No way. Yeah. So I don't identify that one. At that's all. what the schools are all now too. Everything's team based. Yeah. It's it totally. Team-based. And it makes my kids crazy because they're the ones pulling the weight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's all about collaboration. And, you know, it's interesting though, as a, as a educational, you know, part of my job is we, we lead teachers and, um, as an administrator. And, um, I do find value in teaming curricularly. Um, and I know there, and there's a generation of educators who hate that idea. So I think, I think that is a big factor. Um, generations have a big factor on that. Okay. Um, with unlimited access to information tend to be assertive with strong views. Um, I definitely have strong views, but I would not consider myself assertive with those strong views. What do you think? I, I would for say yourself. That, I would say for myself, I have strong views that I'm assertive yeah. with about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm knocking, I'm docking you. You got, you have one connection point with millennials there. Hey. And it's the All one right. about having the strongest view, so no wonder we butt heads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, and then next one. Envision the world as a 24-7 place. Want fast, immediate processing. And that's me all the way. Yeah, you know, that's, I, that's that's me too, but only because I've embraced you've been, and Yeah, you, you've been acculturated into the, the new. You, you've, you're part of the new expectations. Yes, I've been able to, uh, unlike previous generations before me have been able to let go of some of the past things right. that right. thought made America so great. Um, okay. So this last one, I, again, it's, there's, there's an inherent bias clearly in the statement of this one, but um, uh, you may identify with it or why the person wrote it this way said uh, they do not live at work. They prefer a more relaxed work environment with a lot of hand holding and accolades. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> I guess that's what you're saying. And I look at that, and and I, um, it's what's funny about it is I I agree. I, I have a job where I, I have to put in a lot of hours, and so I'm a, a big believer in hey, while I'm there, I will be efficient. I will get things done, and when it's time to go, I'm going home. I'm separating myself from this, and um, and I do like praise. I mean. I do appreciate praise. The part that I take issue with is the hand holding. Um, I don't feel like I need my hand held. Um, but, uh, so I would say I half identify with this one. Oh my gosh. And if you tried to tell them they're doing something wrong, they want to start crying. And, <laughs> and like, I work at a place where when it's really busy and everybody has to be, be doing their work, it's uh-huh. great. Like I yeah. pray for busy because as soon as it's slow, suddenly I have to like, I have to hold hands like, okay, what, what should I do? It's like, yeah. find something. 
So yeah, you you've definitely seen this one then. Yes. Okay, so what I was so, bitching about. That's what right, I was bitching exactly. about just this morning was that last exactly. one. Okay, so you look at this. So if I I have just as many indicators on Gen X as I did on Millennials. Now I think there there were more indicators on Millennials and or Gen X than there were Millennials. You had one point of I of uh, cross. You are clearly in this Gen X category, which is interesting. Like it, it's just interesting, and it kind of verifies to me that I feel partly Gen X, partly Millennial, um, and whereas you do not feel Millennial at all. Um, and I, I wish there were a, I were able to find a list like this for this post millennial or Generation Z or the iGen or whatever they're calling this current generation. Um, I don't I wasn't able to find a list that had specific points like the ones we just went through. Is there a, is there a list for baby boomers? There is. In Something fact, tells me that if you had a baby boomer doing this exact same thing with us through the baby boomer list, they would probably take exception to everything on that list. So that's not do you want to hear, that's not how do you want <laughs> you want to hear what it is? Yeah. Okay. So um, so saying they grew up in the in the 60s and the 60s and 70s and these save the world revolutionaries, um, they are the me generation, the rock and roll music generation. Um, ushered in the free love and societal nonviolent protests, which triggered violence. Um, it says self centered and self righteous. <laughs> Buy it now and use credit. Um, says too busy for neighborly involvement yet we are experiencing technical difficulties please stand by there yeah that was weird yeah that's weird so we just lost power, and uh -huh. I think that's proof that um, the powers that be are baby boomers. <laughs> I told you they would take exception in, to man. that list. I told you they would take exception to that list. And if they, they would just listening. embrace the list and realize that's who they are, it's not us saying it, it's the marketing companies even saying it. <laughs> maybe there could be some change. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, so, so... Where, what are you getting at with all this, Doug? So what I'm what I'm thinking is with you know again the whole topic of change, and this isn't anything new or revelatory, but I really do think that um, that some of like with each generation we have like these common touch points, right? And with each new generation, you have those gaps in touch points, like like the younger generation didn't experience what the older generation experienced. So they feel like there's this disconnect and then it goes the other way around where the younger generation feels like the older generation just didn't get it and so on. And I, I really do think that is a big factor as to why, um, and into change. And I had a discussion with a teacher, um, this week actually, and he's quite a bit older than me. He's, he's got a good 30 years on me or, or more. And, um, and he's a great teacher and he's a good guy. And we were just, kind of shooting the breeze and just having a conversation and and he um he's just a little bit of more of an older school kind of guy and he uses strategies that are are just old school and um he was talking about how a lot of the changes that he sees in education um he doesn't always agree with and he's, he's saying you know I, I get that i don't see things the same as a lot of the younger generation the, his comment was 
but which is, I guess, why we get old and we die and we go away, right? And he was kind of being lighthearted about it, but he's at the same time being serious of, like, eventually we're the, we get old enough, our views are just kind of obsolete and we just have to let the young ones kind of do their thing and we move on. And, um, and so I think, have you, have you watched Pedro on the Roof in, in, in the recent Not future recently. or recent past? No. I mean, um, but I mean, the, really, Fiddler on the Roof is about change. It's about tradition and change. And you have Tevye, and he has his three daughters. The first daughter, they, they arranged the marriage. She wants to marry the tailor, so they let her marry the tailor. Because of that, the second daughter is like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick who I marry. That, I'm not using a matchmaker, you know. And then the third one wants to marry out of the faith, and she wants to marry a Christian. And, and Tevye has the famous line, like, if I bend that far, I'll break. And so I really do think... Um, our changes in generation, the experiences that we have, it makes it harder for us to kind of see, see the perspective of the other, other generations. And so I think that really is a big factor of, of change is the fact that we just have different experiences. Like if you look at the current generation, like some of the, the data that I saw on them was um, the young generations, they, they will send over a hundred texts per day and they spend something like seven some odd hours in front of a screen and they um, have a lot of pressure from their parents to um, go to college. And so the college rates are going up and to get professional experience at a very young age. And I think, um, and I see that all the time in education of, of like go and do internships at age 15 and 16 and stuff. And then there's a part of me that looks at it and says, or you can just like be a kid and just live, you know, and, um, and so I guess my point is, is that there's all these experiences that generations have that other generations have a hard time seeing and which is plays into this world, why it's so hard to change. Well, it's possible so, that for generations to exist, you know, at the same time, like we don't have to all be the same. Um, right. Like our daughter went to Utah for Christmas and she uh -huh. was with my in-laws. Mm-hmm. And she, they're they're driving around. I know they're going on some long trip to visit great grandma or something. And our daughter's got her earbuds in, and she's sitting mm -hmm. in the back seat of the car. You know, she can't yeah. hear anything going on in the front seat. That he's he's the baby boomer rock and roll generation, so he's got this music playing, and <laughs> and he keeps like looking at her in the rearview mirror. Uh -huh. And she's like, is he trying to say something and pulling her headphones out? Yeah. 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 And he's like, turns to my mother-in-law. <clears throat> she got that god dang headset on again. She's back, uh -huh. back to just being on her phone, always on her phone. This technology yeah. is ruining the world. And it's like, yeah, it's like, that's their world. Uh -huh. That's where their friends are. Their friends are in mm -hmm. those devices. It's like my son, like they get, they get mad that my son's in there playing video games all the time. But that's where uh -huh. his friends are. It's not like he's in right. he's in there having he has full on Social relationships with people yeah. all over the world playing these video games that like like I was saying earlier, like he just we don't allow him to go out and and play. Right. Know? Right. The world's not you know, safe that, anymore to go out and that play. Is, that is funny you mentioned that. I may did I mention on this there was I was just driving in the in the car a week or so ago. It was over the, the holiday break and um just, NPR was on and it was some 
somebody, I don't even know where it was, but they were talking about how um, the older generations get upset about um, kids being on their devices all the time and not going outside to play. And then they say, but when they do their, like their meta-analysis, they, they evaluate the survey data uh, across multiple studies of young people, young people often report that they would like to spend time outside, but it's the adults in their lives that don't allow them to spend time outside. Right. <laughs> so I just right. thought that was kind of interesting. It's exactly what you're saying. It's but, weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that makes me not want my kids to go outside. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just like him home. Like I'm, I'm, you can have your friendships and be home and I don't have to track you down. Right. But see, and I think, but see, I'm of the generation that nobody was trying to track me down, so that older generation doesn't understand why I'm comfortable with my kids at home. Right. Right. And there, and therein lies the uh, so much of our I think our differences are genuinely generational. And I, I just thought it would be a fun exercise to see how much you relate to the different generations. Um, All it does is show me how crotchety I am. (laughs) (laughs) I used to really, really have a problem with, uh, well, I I shouldn't say used to have a problem. I used to really be vocal about (laughs) cross-generational differences, and I've I've tried not to, just because it doesn't do anything. Like, they don't hear. Either direction, they don't hear. That's true. You're either the, the crazy old man, or you're the young guy who's doesn't have anything so like how, why would they listen to you you have no things well it's the um i think it's the clear indicator of 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 when you're the older generation is when when you say the words i just don't get why they <laughs> and finish the sentence with whatever and uh, i think we've all been there the older you get and, well, and, um, and it's also when uh, you're listening, your kids are listening to music, and you're like, "It's just noise." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the tale of as old as time. I think I remember the story of our grandfather breaking our uncle's. I, th- I want to say it was his. I, I thought it was maybe his Beatles records, but I think it was the Doors. Is what I think it was, and saying they were bad music, and he, you know, he thought it was of the devil and whatnot, but. Um, oh, but I, I just think that's a generational thing, man. I think he used to. He was a time. he was a um, a purchaser for uh, Union seventy six oil company. So he was always going yeah. out and like looking at vendors. Like he bought like pipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he used to go on these trips into New Mexico, and um, our cousin and I would go with them on these business trips for a week at a time. And we'd like go to these crazy places out in the middle of nowhere and just look at pipes, racks of pipes. <laughs> but we stopped at this uh, little. Um, I mean, it was cool because like he he grew up in New Mexico, so like he would show it, like he showed us his childhood home. Yeah. One yeah. of those things where like he walks up and knocks on the door. This is where I grew up. <laughs> like I've been in his childhood home. <laughs> oh, and, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and and like out in the desert. And so like when, when he had, I, he was a great storyteller. So like you can like actually visualize these stories he would tell about when he was younger. Cause you could, you would mm-hmm. have actually been there, but mm-hmm. we stopped at like some little truck truck stop out in the middle of nowhere. And, mm-hmm. um, our cousin bought a, a Richard Pryor tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he put, we put that Richard Pryor tape in and I don't think we even got, 
a mile down the road. We were, I, we were like on on the freeway on ramp, and like in one motion, one hand's rolling down the window, the other hand ejecting, and just boom, flipped it right out. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I'll just pay you back for that when we stop. <laughs> oh, good old grandpa. <laughs> Yeah. So that was funny. So anyway, man, I don't have much else. Just uh, nothing. Again, nothing. No, it's interesting. Um, it really is. But how do we? Like, we've got. There's got to be a way to like, and maybe it's just in in understanding that there are differences instead of trying to make every like every like trying to like make the younger generation conform to the older generations. Well, I think I think that is the key to like coexisting anyway is sometimes you just have to accept that you're not going to see eye to eye on certain things. And so I do think that understanding the perspective of other generations and just acknowledging, okay, that we will not agree on this and we're, we're going to be in our separate spaces and we're going to move on. I I do think that is important to, um, to this, again, the whole idea of coexisting in this and shared spaces. Um, because because you can't change the fact that you know certain generations grew up in during Vietnam and certain generations grew up um, in this post 9/11 school shooting era and you know all that stuff like right. that's that is what it is and um, and so so I just think it's maybe a fun exercise to see see what what is it that I do identify with my generation and and uh, and what do I do I identify with the others. So. Yeah, yeah. Cause you, there's, there could be some cross identification, as we saw yeah. that I had one. You did have one. I had many. <laughs> I, I would definitely fall. I, I think I would qualify more as a millennial, but I definitely um, fell on that Gen X spectrum for quite a few things. So, but. Yeah. So, so what are you going to do with that knowledge? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that really is, really is it. No, I actually, to be honest, in my in my work, I'm I'm one of the of the people I spend the majority of my time with. I'm the youngest one there, and so they're all older, and most of them are in Gen X, and so um, it's just important for me to recognize that. Okay, so these are these are the areas that we share, and and especially when it comes to work, um, I think that concept of time, how Gen X or older generations would view time at work versus younger people view time at work. Um, I think that's important for for me to recognize or even them to recognize how maybe we operate in the in the workforce. I can feel that all the time of man, let's just let's just get down to business and let me get get my stuff done. Well think you about it. I mean? like, what's the incentive for young the younger people who are entering the workforce right now? What's their incentive to work hard? There's not really a yeah. whole lot of I mean and so I get it. I mean they're they're not making enough money yeah. to like live live with unless they're like right. living with their parents still or like living paycheck to paycheck well and it is a real you know it is a real problem in america that income has not for for non-supervisory workers income has not risen in years but inflation has and um and just the cost of living has you know like that that is a real problem and so um if you're entering the workforce later um, like like the young people are today, it's it is it's just simply harder to make more money than say previous generations because you may be making the same amount of money, but when at least when you're younger, like for example, um, I bought a house 
I bought my first house 13, 14 years ago. And, and I look at the cost of what that same home would cost me now. And I think how on earth could I have done that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, cause the income, the income I would be making at that job, what I was making when I started teaching didn't go up that much. You know what I mean? And so, um, I, those are real problems, um, that you feel month to month. And so, and so I, I do think, um, and that's, a, I, that's another example of a generational thing of like, for me, like great, I entered in a, a great time, you know? Um, but for a lot of the maybe younger teachers entering education now, they, they that's a real thing where they have to look at it. How do I live in these certain communities well, I want to teach here? You can look at it too, as the older generation. I mean, I don't, here's, here's going to be the biggest wisdom of this whole episode. And I don't know how many people are still hanging with us. <laughs> But the older generation has the wealth. I saw mm-hmm. a study somewhere where it's like 89% or something of the wealth is held by people. Money is held by people like over 65. Oh, wow. And they're so like there's their generation is tied into the corporate system. Like they're all about corporatism. They will rather give their money to a corporation than like a small business. If they're going to a small business, they're still trying to get a deal, which right. is basically like the reason there's no small businesses because they've given right. deals to get the business and now they can't afford to stay open. Right. And so, and I, and I see it time and time again where like there are, there are children and grandchildren of this generation who are struggling to make ends meet. And rather than like give money and help those people make ends meet, they'll go shopping. Yeah. and give them something you know what i mean like here i went shopping and got this for you or mm-hmm. or i don't know it just it, it just makes me crazy how they keep giving money to corporations that once money goes into a corporation it's gone it's out of the system it's not coming yeah. back into the system i try to live in as much cash and as much cash world as i can and and a hyper local level because once you give like you go into target or walmart or a grocery store at the corporate and you give them money, that money's gone. Yeah. It's going into CEOs pockets and offshore accounts. It's leaving the system. Money is leaving the system every time you give it to a corporation. Well, I, I saw a graphic just this week that showed since the, you know, the tax cuts of the last year, corporate profits are up dramatically. Um, but the, the wages of, of workers has stayed flat. And, uh, you know, that gets into the whole thing of triple down and all that stuff, which we don't need to get into, but, um, that's, uh, but I mean, I mean, just, just think about every time you go to the store and you spend money at the store, I mean, we're all guilty. You have to, that's how you live. Right. But that money's gone. That money's going in. Only way that money comes back into the system is in very low wages. Well, and it is a vicious, vicious cycle in the sense that the places where you often get the cheapest prices are those, you know, the Walmarts. And, and then, so the money that you do have goes to the corporation versus say mom and pop or your local grocer or whatever, you know, in the neighborhood. Yeah. And then once, and with money leaving the system, what are we going to do once all the money's gone? Once we've given all the money to the corporations? Yeah, that's a good question. That is the question. I've been, I've been, I've been railing on that for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is corporatism and the corporation right now in america has more rights than the individual yeah yeah upsetting. you want you want the, you want all the rights afforded to you as an american become a religion or an llc yeah otherwise you're you've got no rights yeah i hear you man 
with you on that. So sorry, get off my soapbox for a minute. I just, <laughs> I just want, I just wish that that. And here, and here's, and I'm sure there are younger, the younger generations looking up at me, telling me the things they wish I would do. But I'm looking up at the older generations and saying, please stop meaningless spending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, invest yeah. in your future. Invest in the youth the same way that the 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 greatest generation invested in them. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And forget the sales. Forget the clearances. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Help, help your kids. Right. Help the planet. Stop polluting. Sound, sound like a Gen Xer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it sucks because you 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 get labeled something and then you live it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, we could do a whole episode on that shit. I, that, that is true. That is true. So. so. I'll stop because I've already lost a lot of friends with this diatribe. I quit it a long time ago. You made me. You brought up old, old arguments. Yeah. That have been. Yeah. I've been. I've been pushing down. Right. Sometimes mostly because, they gotta come out. Mostly because the baby boomers who actually are listening to me, aren't that way. Right. And so they're they they take exception to th- the things I say because it's like I'm not like that. And it's like please right. look at your generation as a whole. Right. Yeah, some real challenges. Because because you know, to make America greater great again comes at somebody's expense. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely true. One one person's happiness is another person's misery. So yeah, think of it like that. It's true. Anyway, <laughs> this has gone on long enough. You well, have, you have some, we... something enlightening or um, positive to end with, so. You know, I wish I did, um, but you know, have a great week. Are the youth going to save the world? Oh man, um, are the are the are the post millennials the key? I, you know, it's. I'll, I'll say this. <clears throat> I were I've worked with young people for the last fifteen years. You know, and. And I often, I do often hear arguments of, of, um, concerns about the younger generations. And I am, uh, guilty of that myself quite a bit of being frustrated by just different characteristics of young people. But that being said, I still feel like there are a lot of great kids who I think will do a lot of wonderful things who are super bright and so to be like overly optimistic i i do feel good with the people we're leaving um you know who will be handing things off to um i guess my real concern is is are are we handing things off to them that can be fixed is really what my probably biggest concern is and so i think a lot of that really does fall on us still you know really does there are a couple of things that could happen either they'll be growing up in a post-apocalyptic world <laughs> of rubble where they have to yeah. form bands of tribes and and right. survive physically and it will start all over again mm-hmm. or it's just going to be a world that can't sustain human life and you, it's all we're all going to have to like plug into technology to survive anyway and like the, yeah. the knowledge and adaptability and evolution into tech humans becoming technology and the technology becoming humans and the singularity is like 
we're, we might be like the last couple generations of like human beings that aren't supplemented by some kind of machine. It, you know, it is interesting to see where things will go. Um, you know, I, I'd say I'm optimistic. Um, but then again, like, uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a long one. Yeah. We had a little power outage kind of switch things up, but, you know, it's all right. A little splice together. It'll be just fine. Yeah. They won't, they won't know. <laughs> All right, man. There was a guy. And the water guy who controlled the sea. Got killed by 10 million pounds of sludge from New York and New Jersey. 